Greetings, Fierce Marriage family. We have a special episode for you today. We got to interview our new friend, Kate Warman. She is the host and founder of the Heart of Dating podcast. And we brought her on because we frankly just loved, we actually got to be on her podcast a few weeks back. And so we, we learned so much in just talking to her about dating that we thought, you know what, there's a lot of singles and a lot of people who are dating or heading into engagement who are part of the Fierce Marriage family who could benefit from her wisdom in this area. And so if you are single or you have friends, family members who are single, dating, heading into engagement, uh, don't turn this episode off. This is something that we can all learn from. And uh, we had a lot of fun. I trust you'll find it to be fun and enlightening as well. So with that said, enjoy this episode. Kate, welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing so well. Ryan and Selena, thank you guys so much for just having me on. This is a treat, honestly, to talk to y'all today. I'm so excited. We're excited to talk to you. (laughs) I love it. I'm not sure when our episode airs on your podcast, but when we were interviewed by you, Mm -hmm. Selena and I were like looking at each other across the desk (laughs) and saying, we need to interview her (laughs) on our podcast because you just bring so much wisdom and clarity to this what I feel mm-hmm. like is a very foggy space, and that's yeah. the dating space. Mm-hmm. And it occurred to me that we have a lot of listeners that I think could benefit from from what the wisdom you have to share. So thank you so much for joining us today. This is going to be a, a fun time. Yes. Oh, yeah. Thank you guys for saying that. That's, so a, that's a true honor, honestly. Thank you. Absolutely. Oh, we're excited. So you have a podcast called The Heart of Dating, and maybe you can just tell us a little bit. Well, let's back up. How about you tell us about you okay. and how The Heart of Dating became what it is today? Mm. Totally. Okay. So for anyone who doesn't know who I am, I'm Kate Warman and I live currently in Los Angeles, um, sunny LA down here. It's beautiful (laughs) usually, except for today it's raining, which I can't complain, but it's not that pretty. You guys must have a lot of rain up there, but we are not used to snow. snow. Okay. There you go. Yeah. 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 So, um, what I do is I, have a blog. I'm a motivational speaker. I do date coaching and I currently am the host of the Heart of Dating podcast, like you just said. And the reason why I started this podcast is because indeed I'm a Christian single. So for anyone, any of your listeners out there, like I am in the boat with all the Christian singles. (laughs) And usually when someone has a platform of any kind, it kind of starts with some level of a story. And so let me just back up and tell you a little bit why I wanted to start this podcast. So um, just a brief overview of kind of some of my dating history and why I became so passionate about this. Um, So from the ages of 14 to 24, and I know that's young, but I had pretty much back-to-back relationships. Um, And here's just a summary for people listening of things I've been through. I've had long-term dating, so like five-year dating, three-year dating. I have experienced long-distance dating. I have been in dating situations that were kind of over-spiritualized, all of the I Kiss Dating Goodbye era. Yes, exactly. Down in high school, right? Um, yeah. I've had dating that's been ended in massive heartbreak. I have had instant fall to your knees love kind of dating, if you will. I have gone on blind dates. I have dated Christians. I've also went through a phase of dating non-Christians. <laughs> I um, have dated casually, uh, tried that. It wasn't that great. I have dated with online dating apps. 
Um, now, that seems like a lot of different things. And so maybe some people are listening being like, what is this girl doing talking about dating? But um, the point of it is, is that I kind of had to face some of my past and reckon with why I was dating so mm. much in order to really realize what was going on here and how can we do this healthier? Um, and there's actually a quote by Tracy McMillan. I always say this quote because she's um, the author of this book called Why You're Not Married Yet. And she says, well, how is a person who's been married and divorced three times going to talk about anything about relationships? And when I thought about it, that's everything happens in anybody's life. Every so-called failure is there to teach you more. And if you're paying attention, you get better. You really, mm. really get better. Um, so of course, we don't want to be married and divorced three times. Um, but in this way, like I've been through a lot of different dating situations and it's helped me to learn so much about myself. It's also helped me to learn more mm. about others and just this process of dating. And so what I realized on this journey after I kind of had a wake up call and realized, okay, I cannot date this way anymore. Um, things have to change. So I started on this journey of researching and trying to dive in and figure out more about the subject. Um, and when I did that, when I went to the Bible, what I realized is biblically there's dating didn't exist back then. Okay. Yeah, it's, right. it's a little bit of a non-existent part of the Bible. Yeah. yeah. And so there's a lot of principles to go off of, a lot of amazing uh, things that we can base on our lives for singles and for marrieds, but there isn't this thing in between called dating. Uh, and then with pastors, I love pastors, but sometimes they avoid it. And I've talked to lots of pastors about this, but it's a bit of a subjective topic. So they also always don't always feel qualified because they're like, I don't know what dating in 2019 is like, okay? <laughs> and so um, what you have is a lot, a lot of singles, especially a growing population population of singles. I think about half of the church is now single, but it's mm. kind of the topic that isn't addressed as frequently, especially on Sunday. So I became really passionate about just figuring out a way to find more resources and guidance. And so today my biggest heart cry is um, really to see men and women find freedom from their past, um, walk in purpose, and just love their relationships and dating experiences. And so that's kind of what brought mm. me to starting The Heart of Dating is just to have a resource that has an open conversation where we talk about a ton of different topics as it relates to dating, mm. specifically with a Christian and biblical lens. Um, because I really believe that dating at large um, is very messy, but even as Christians in dating, it's still really murky and messy. So we have to get it right as Christians, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, come on. Mm -hmm. that's, so, why, that's, that's one of the reasons yeah. we, we loved talking with you because mm -hmm. we feel like you brought, you bring such a, mm -hmm. I don't know, a sweet sense of truth mm -hmm. to this yeah. very murky area, like you said. And for those listening and wondering, why the heck do, are we talking about dating on the Fierce Marriage podcast? It's because... If it doesn't, obviously, if you're married and listening to this, you probably know someone who's single mm -hmm. or someone who's dating. And, you, and we'll talk about this more later on, but we're called to live in community with others, right? Mm -hmm. And so as married people, whether or not you have kids that will grow up and start dating someday, <laughs> or if, you know, and, and I think there's a bit a bit we can gain too as a married right, couple and dating right. each other mm -hmm. um, really intentionally and kind of having that fresh perspective on how to the quote unquote, the act of dating mm -hmm. each other. Yeah. Um, but so that's why, yeah, we wanted to have you on here. So in case someone's, anybody's wondering <laughs> why in the world are we doing the this? The marriage so. podcast. Why are we talking about dating? Yes. Let's step back. No. We do get a lot of people who are dating. They who, are dating. Who yeah. are listening. They listen. It's funny. They'll be like, Hey, I'm not dating or married or anything, but I, I'm listening to your podcast because I want to get ready for marriage. That's what they tell mm -hmm. us. Yeah. And, yeah. And they're obviously, you know, 
that's not Those are the I smart people. <laughs> <laughs> smart people right there. Sharp yeah, smart. I'm not smart. So. <laughs> um, I just want to dive into some of the questions that we had talked about yeah. um, previous or earlier in this episode, but you posed one that I just really want. I think it just hits the nail on the head with some maybe questions that are around dating and for singles. But you said, how do we steward our single lives well? Like, can, how can, and mm. how, you know, for our listeners, how can married couples best support singles? So I know there's a lot, um, it's a lot to be a single, I think, in the, in the, yeah. the this day and age. And so, <laughs> oh um, yeah, tell us, uh, share, share that perspective with us because you, I felt like you just articulated it so well and yeah, yeah. I'll let you talk. Go. <laughs> well, here's the thing about singleness. I think that we kind of label it as like a disease. <laughs> it's yeah. almost mm-hmm. like I'm single. And it's this whole thing about there's a negativity attached to it. And I really think we need to debunk that. We need to get away from singleness as a disease. We, mm-hmm. we don't have to see singleness as something, this big weight that is just on our life. And we are just in it until we're out of it. No, we can actually look at this season and use it to grow and thrive and cultivate what I say is cultivate holy ambition for the kingdom of God. And that is what another a guest of mine earlier last year, John Tyson, who's a pastor in New York, said to me, he's like, how can you as singles cultivate holy ambition in your life? Um, and that really challenged me because I said, you know what? Yeah, we are inundated with so many different things in our culture that say, um, you need to be married or you need to find a guy or you need to find a girl. And, you know, Mm. think about our media. How much does our media say like 10 ways to win the man of your dreams or, (laughs) um, you know, our rom-coms and all just everything is like, get a wife, get a husband. You need Mm. to be married. Um, But I first think that we just need to charge culturally uh, both singles and marrieds to really celebrate singles and celebrate singleness. Um, So, you know, when we think about it, I I thought about this earlier last year and I was like, gosh, this is funny that the things we mainly come around to celebrate are things such as um, engagements and baby showers and weddings. And we throw these awesome big celebrations, which of course is deserving. I mean, those are incredible and amazing moments in our lives. But I think that it kind of sends a message to singles that like, well, you're only going to be really celebrated if you have one of those achievements. Mm. So I kind of want to rewrite some of this narrative to say, yes, let's celebrate those things. But can we also celebrate what the single people in our life are doing? Mm -hmm. Um, can we celebrate maybe a single person who started a ministry or who just got an incredible job? You know, why can't we throw them a special dinner dinner and celebrate them? And so, uh, you know, for any singles listening, I think as a single, we can come around and celebrate our other singles and just really prioritize that. And then people who are married, I think the same thing, let's come around the singles. Let's not leave Mm -hmm. them out of the loop. Um, Let's recognize the things that they're doing and encourage them in the season that they're in that they can do incredible things. This isn't just the waiting time. It's not just I'm sitting here twiddling my thumbs till Mr. Perfect comes to my door. No, I can be out there. I have I always say this, you have the gifts of freedom and time as a single. Mm. Uh, When you get married, it just won't be the same, right? Right. You guys know this, right? But right now we have these gifts. Like I could go to coffee shop right now if I wanted to and not tell anybody. Nobody would even care. I could go on a trip tomorrow if I wanted. Mm. Um, There's so many different, like that's a gift, honestly. And so how can we steward that well? Um, 
And how can we have people around us that really support us? Another thing I would just say, especially in encouraging people who are married just towards singles is um, just be aware of the things that you say to singles, you know, um, asking them questions like, why are you still single? What's wrong with you? Like, thank you. I don't already get that enough. Or uh, you know, even this, and this is like, I don't think people have bad intentions when they say this, but um, even when they say, you know, well, you'll get it one day, one day day when you're married you'll understand oh, I'm like so patronizing oh, gosh but so you're trying to say that I haven't experienced that much life just because I'm single you know right. um and so it, it's just also you know and a few other things honestly this is like I love this topic but um <laughs> just be aware of the setups I agree about setups are great but don't just see assume that this person is single and this person is single aka I should they should meet and go out like <laughs> it's not always that way just be a little more cognizant of your setups and I'm all about setups but um yeah and the last thing I would just say is you know if you're having dinners with a bunch of married people that's incredible but why not sometimes think about, well, can we invite some of the single people in our community to this dinner too? Mm -hmm. It could be a blessing both to the marrieds and such a blessing to the singles. I mean, we as singles need to be learning from the married people. Um, and we need to be seeking that wisdom. We need to experience and, and kind of observe what is it like um, to see a man and a woman together, uh, especially for people who didn't grow up with um, really strong family dynamics or strong marriages with their parents. Uh, mm -hmm. They need that example of what a strong marriage looks like so that they can practice that when they're, you know, going into getting married themselves. Hmm. So it's kind of, I guess, a few things I would say on how we can embrace singleness and hmm. how married people can also embrace the singles. Yeah, we see that. I mean, Paul talks about it in First Corinthians 7, mm -hmm. right? And I know that's mm -hmm. the one that he says, basically... Yep. It, marriage is kind of a concession, right? If you if you have to get married, he said, but as much as you can, <laughs> stay single. I mean, I think about, uh, you know, when we were young, we were dating. Mm -hmm. I went on a missions trip. Do you remember we actually broke up after you this missions trip? Because me. I was like, I can't. She broke I can't. up with me for the record. Well, yeah, because I had work to do. <laughs> I needed to be single. So to build I could the some... kingdom, yes. <laughs> and, yes. you know, and I think it, we had a, somebody who lovingly <laughs> told me, hey, you can also date this girl and work. Love Jesus. Love Jesus. <laughs> He told yes. me that, story, so I promptly went back go. and asked her to be my girlfriend again. Um, You're like, whoops, but, uh, just kidding. You're totally, you're totally right. That stigma, I think, is it's just a cultural thing. In fact, there's a we're part of an Acts 29 church. I, I went to an Acts 29 conference uh, last last year. It was for the U.S. West uh, part of Acts 29. Anyway, there's a prominent leader in in our conference who is he's a pastor. He's and he's he's a single guy, and he's he pastors mm -hmm. a church. I don't know, probably, I don't want to exaggerate, but I'll just say a thousand people, right? Mm. And he's a single guy pastoring as a head. And I look at him not as, oh, what a loser, but I look at him as that guy probably works 20 hours a day because <laughs> <laughs> he can, right? He has that yeah. gift, singleness. He's got the energy. He doesn't have to, you know, not that I love being home with my family, but mm -hmm. I can't work long hours because I'll neglect my family and my mission. Yeah. I'm, I'm called to them, mm -hmm. right? And so many times I see married guys trying to live as if they're single, and I, what I want to tell them is, hey, when you got when you got married, you you left behind like the ability to live as a single guy. Now you live as a married guy. Your calling has changed, and yeah. it means you love your wife and your kids well and all that. Anyway, I don't need to. It's not my <laughs> it's not my time to, to preach. So I want to hear. No, that's so. Good. I want to hear from you the the the. So give it to us the raw, real story. Okay, <laughs> what is the state of dating? in the world today. <laughs> oh my gosh. I hear all the kids, all the youngins talking about apps and you know Tinder oh and Tinder this and 
whatever that. And uh, I don't even know that there's other apps, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> Tinder is like the, probably the worst one. Like I the bottom say. of the barrel. Uh, yeah. Like the bottom of the barrel, right? Okay. So yeah, t- dating in 2019. I mean, it is so different now because we have text messaging, right? And mm. we have <laughs> the internet and we have social media. Total and we game changers. And it's like, <laughs> there are so many things. You don't even have to, I mean, you don't have to call people anymore. Um, and you can see, you can find out, I mean, one benefit or disadvantage would be you could find out everything about about someone before you ever meet them um so i don't know yeah, if that's good stalk or bad, them, yeah. but yeah i mean the social media stalking is real i can become detective sherlock holmes if I <laughs> all of a sudden you're know? super resourceful yeah <laughs> exactly. all of a sudden you're a hacker yeah i'm like i could tell you everything about this person they didn't, don't even give me their last name that's okay what school did they go to i'll find them okay no i'm just kidding but um yeah we have the dating apps there's so many things the bumble and Cupid, okay, Cupid and Coffee Meets Bagel and Hinge. And if you guys have ever even heard of any of those, no, those I have never heard of, of any of those. <laughs> <laughs> All of those. And then you have the, you know, other ones like eHarmony and, uh, match what match.com and all of that and that's like don't forget christian mingle Mingle, of course i am missing the biggest one out there oh my god oh man oh my gosh so i mean i will be honest i've i've dabbled in some online dating it is tough and it's hard and there's certain ones that are better out there than others my preference is not to really not know the person at all um but you have to do if you can meet people on there but i think the the disadvantage of meeting people online is that you really have no idea about their heart at all and so you have to do some you got to do some questioning in advance um yeah other than online dating, we have social media and that can be tough because not only can you find out about someone, it's tough if you're single because there's lots of comparison happening. You're looking mm. at all the other couples or if you go through a breakup, it can be especially difficult mm. because, you know, what do you do yeah. then? Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you can see everything that person's doing. So you oh. have, to have a lot of self-control. <laughs> right. Well, and that begs the question, I mean, on all of these sites, should Christians be dating only to find a spouse or can they date just for fun or find out, you know, find out what they like and what if, and then that, the next question would be, what if the relationship has no future? So there's all these resources out there for people to kind of connect. So how should a Christian conduct themselves in a dating capacity? If you're single and you are interested in the opposite sex, like what does it look like between that point and being married? Right. Yeah you being in that space the word the god's word is is very um silent about dating in in a modern (laughs) context but there's principles that you talked about so can you maybe map that out for us like what would that what does that look like from a holiness standpoint and um what does it look like from a righteousness standpoint and with having Mm -hmm. having the right purpose and context in mind knowing full well that you're headed toward marriage how's that look So I kind of spent a lot of time on this kind of through reading a lot of books. I feel like what happens is we, you know, dating kind of brings a whole new ball game to the field, right? It's like, it's basically, it's not a game, but if we use the metaphor as a game, it's kind of appeared on the field in the last, you know, on the scene in the last 100 years, and yet Mm -hmm. we have no guidelines for it. So it's like we have a free for all of people trying to play a game where they don't know what the end goal is. They don't have any (laughs) guidelines. There's no referees and they just, they don't know what they're doing. So I, I, I try to say like, okay, we have to know what the end goal is and we have to set ourselves up with some sort of guidelines. Otherwise it gets crazy. And what you have is people doing it out there that kind of wild and nuts, or you have people on the sidelines because they're terrified to enter the scene. Mm. So um, what I've done is kind of 
define dating loosely. And I'll just tell you guys what my definition of dating is, okay? I see dating as a means to grow in sacrificial love and friendship and evaluate whether or not another person would be a suitable spouse for you to join forces with for kingdom purpose for the rest of your life. Okay. Not intense at all. Not intense at all. But there's some key principles here, right? What we're looking for truly is we have to know that dating is, you know, eventually the goal is marriage. And in that we want to look for a place to have sacrificial love um, because that is a mm-hmm. basis of every marriage. So in dating, you have to know and go into it knowing that you are going to have to learn how to be selfless. As singles, we can end mm. up being a little selfish. And I understand, um, especially as we get later and later in life, but you have to go into it with that view of, no, how can I lay down my life for this other person? Um, And so looking at it saying, I want to find someone where it's ignited in my heart that I actually want to lay down my life for this other person. I want to grow in sacrificial love for this person. So that's one of the principles I say you have to look for in dating um, as the relationship grows. Uh, Another principle would be friendship. I think the basis of every relationship, every marriage has to be a solid, strong foundation mm. of friendship, right? Because Amen. Yep. <laughs> if you don't have that, you're going to get really bored of the person yes. who's going to be yes. like, and you have to have some element of fun in your marriage. Like you're not just there to have a business union with some right. right. Um, no. Yeah, no, it's like not what you want. So you want to have friendship at the end of the day, um, common interests, develop a friendship with the person. Uh, another thing is just joining forces for kingdom purpose. So the kingdom purpose there is finding a shared mission with someone. Uh, Gary Thomas Mm. talks about this a lot in his book, the sacred search, which I highly recommend to all singles, but you want to be able to look for a shared mission for, Mm. with someone, someone who you can run alongside with for the purpose of spread, like glorifying God's kingdom. And I think oftentimes that's what's really missed in dating too, is that you, we look for selfish gain in relationships. Mm. We look for somebody to bring something to our life or just to compliment us perfectly. Instead of looking for how you can have a shared mission together, unite together for kingdom purpose. So this really just makes dating less about ourselves and more about, well, what does God want to do through this? Um, okay. So that is like my breakdown of what I would define dating. And I guess I kind of also want to go further to kind of say what I think happens in dating today. So um, I think that two huge things happen. Okay. So the one thing that we have on one side of the equation with dating, especially with Christian dating is we put a lot, a lot of pressure on it. And in some ways we kind of hyper-spiritualize. All right. Mm. Um, So we have a lot of people who think that um, they need to know before a first date, if God is saying this is their person. And I think that this can be a little bit detrimental um, Mm. because it means that we end up not dating at all and we put so much pressure on it, which means if you think that, okay, I think God's saying this could be my person, you go on one date, but then it ends up not being your person. You're like questioning, did God really say this? Am I really worthy? What's wrong with me? There's so many different things that can happen. And also when you go into the first date with so much pressure, right? What ends up happening is you don't end up being that subtle about it, okay? And they can feel it because you're like, you're looking at them with these hungry eyes of, is, is this the mother or father of my children? <laughs> <laughs> or one day, are they a spiritual leader? And like, 
the other person can feel it through your eyes. They can feel it through your body. They can and feel it. They're just trying to have a cup of coffee and like, <laughs> have some like banter. Yeah. Yes. And so sometimes like if we go in, especially at the beginning of dating now, granted, yes, answer those questions as you're going on this journey. But from the beginning, like going on the first date, first or second date like this, no, we can't go in with that much pressure. Um, and I believe we can have a beautiful mission for dating, but we have to enjoy the process and not be crazy, awkward Christian daters. Um, so <laughs> that, I mean, a lot of that happening. Uh, and so the other side of it, other than just kind of really putting a ton of pressure is we have a lot of casual dating happening. And this is where you, people don't take dating seriously at all. Okay. Um, and this is where you have a lot of emotional love tank filling happening. And what that is, is basically just someone who wants the benefits of basically being in a relationship with someone, mm. but not no title at all. And this is what I call emotional love tank filling because you're mm. getting all the benefits of a relationship without actually having a commitment. Uh, and so to combat this, I say we really need to test our priorities. Um, mm. And to come back to just biblically here, I think one of the number one things that's missing in our dating culture today is a reflection of God through our actions and how we're dating and our dating lives. So um, my question to everyone who's single is, how do we reflect the love of Jesus while dating today in our current cultural moment? Mm. Um, in Genesis one twenty seven, you know, it says that God created mankind in his own image. In, in the image of God, he created them male and female, he created them. And because of that, we really are charged to reflect Christ's heart like a mirror to others, both men and women equally. So if this should be our number one priority to date with a biblical view, um, we have to actually separate our selfish nature from dating, which can be really, really mm. hard. But ultimately, our goal in dating, and this is why I think casual dating doesn't work, is because we want to leave people better than we found them. And mm. so leaving them better than we found them, and that is something my friend JP Pakluda, pastor down in Dallas, says all the time. But um, the reason why we want to do that, or if we are trying to do that, uh, we we can't just seek emotional love from them. We can't be there to right. waste someone's time. So we have to learn how to be clear and honest and intentional with people. And if it's not for us, we have to tell someone. Mm -hmm. um, we're not there to just have a friends with benefits in, uh, situation, what I like to call a friendationship. Um, we have <laughs> way too many friendationships happening. And this is why there's so much heartbreak and confusion. Yeah. And it's just so that is the problem with casual dating. Um, I'm going on and on here. Sorry. No, this is so good. This I'm like <laughs> we're just sitting here with our eyes just like wide I'm open. I'm thinking to myself. This to this is why we ha asked her to be on the podcast. Because <laughs> exactly. So much wisdom and so much clarity around this. Because uh -huh. man, I, you're just really nailing it down. So mm -hmm. I, I I just love it. I feel like uh, there's. I, I'm learning things. Yeah, I, I love that you're just walking us sort of through this journey of like, this is the culture that it, that it's that dating is looking like and it's in. And mm -hmm. at the beginning stages, you don't want to do these things. You yeah. want to, you know, breathe, keep it light, be mm -hmm. friends. But what does that mean? It means there's no friendationships. There's no emotional <laughs> like fulfillment here without any real commitment, right? Because exactly. then that's just... Our, our, I feel like we're at a disadvantage because our dating, our dating past is so it's, it, we date. We're, we were so young. We had we no, young. we had no, nothing. It was just us. <laughs> it was yeah. just so two different. 16 year old, yeah. you know, like, living, whatever, 
living on mom mom and dad's money and gas and <laughs> well yeah right they gave us nothing when we got married it was like cut the umbilical cord right but oh my gosh like all of the baggage we've built up has yeah. been we built it up together because we got married so young so like we'll, the only baggage we have is because we've brought it in <laughs> to our we've made yeah. it on our own yeah. um, so i guess i, I want to get some clarity around some of these uh, i think more uh, gray topics right we spend mm -hmm. a lot of time in the gray so something people always ask us about is if they're dating, it's always the physical boundary, right? And I know you probably get this question a lot. This, how far <laughs> is too far? Um, and, you know, yeah. I, I, I'm, I think I listened to one of your podcasts. It was with John Mark Comer and he was talking mm -hmm. about that's the wrong question to ask. Mm -hmm. Really, it's more about where, where, what kind of person am I becoming? Am I becoming more yeah. like Christ mm -hmm. in this action, right? So those boundaries, uh, you know, they're not... Um, the, the Bible doesn't say thou shalt not put your hand on your girlfriend's leg, right? <laughs> like there's nothing like that. But can you can you just articulate around that a little bit? What what would you coach? You know, a young Christian couple who uh, they're just beginning their dating relationship. They're mm -hmm. they're friends. They're having fun. They're finding themselves physically attractive, uh, and and they're attracted to each other. And <laughs> they find themselves. Yeah, I find myself attractive. <laughs> that was Sorry, I said that That's wrong. Right. But they're attracted to each other. <laughs> And, you know, maybe they're headed toward marriage, but not for maybe a year or more yeah. down the line. How would you coach that couple in the physical, yeah, you know, the physical affection yeah. area, yeah. but also on the duration of their dating, right? Because mm. I think a lot of couples feel like we have to get all our ducks in a row so that we have no debt and we can pay for everything up front. Mm -hmm. And what they find, they end up um, kind of burning with passion in the meantime. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Talks about it. So yeah, paint, uh, paint in some of those uh, lines for us. Oh my gosh. Well, this is a topic that gets brought up over and over and it's the hardest topic because um, especially as you Sorry. get older, to be honest, because as you get older, you're still single. And I have lots of friends in their thirties, like, God, really? I'm just still like 35 and just like, what sure. is happening here? Um, and it can get harder and harder. So um, yeah, I think it's less, I love that. So I think it was either John Mark Homer or Jason Ballard, whoever it was who said this, but um, who said it's less about God isn't focused. God is more focused on who we are becoming. So everything we're doing in relationships should be a focus on who are we becoming. And again, how are we reflecting Christ's love and heart as an, a mirror towards a person we are dating? And I think it really, we need to have a really strong conviction. And I think the way we have a strong conviction, first and foremost, is understanding how God sees us individually. Because if we can learn how to respect ourselves and know how God deeply loves us and how he sees us and how we are to honor our bodies, I think then it can be translated into also someone else. But what I often see is that we have an issue with even self-love. If we don't love mm. and respect ourselves to start, we're not going to be able to love and respect somebody else. So mm. I honestly honestly think it really starts with the self and understanding who God has created you to be um, and how sacred and how precious and how holy you are, you know, and God says like, this is your body. It's a temple of my Holy Spirit. And it's something that you need to protect. And so I think that is where it begins is understanding how we actually can love and respect ourselves as individuals in our bodies and taking care of ourselves. And once we understand how divine God's creation is, then I believe and we, when we have that respect for ourselves, when we understand mm. that, you know, I think one element here, I'll just say on a side note is that sexuality isn't bad. And so I think, um, one thing that a camp that we can often live in is suppressing our sexuality and right. saying sexuality is a bad thing. And so what I often encourage people who are like, well, I have, you know, sexual desires and God created that. It's like, yes, God did create that. He created all of us. And he said, 
all of it was good, including our sexual desires, including our bodies. Um, so what I usually tell people, if you are feeling like sexual energy or tension or whatever that is, why can we not have... Um, um, an eroticism for life. Um, and I know that might be a weird phrase to say, but why can't we use that in other ways, like going into doing art or dancing or take that, um, th those things that we're feeling within our body and channel it elsewhere because God actually does, you know, he did design us that way, but there's a way to actually have um, sort of passion and a zest for life that's different than channeling it sure. just sexually with somebody else. So you're saying, um, so I, I want to go yeah. back to that phrase because I know that yeah. probably threw some of our listeners the eroticism. <laughs> for life. So what you mean by that is um, is basically just kind of refocusing your yeah. your energy and not just mm -hmm. focusing so much on your sexual energy or your sexual right. tension that you're feeling, but saying focusing that on on your giftings is that yeah. kind of or giftings in, in that and, way? and how and, and and experiencing what has God has created like God's creation like. Um, going out and being in nature, experiencing things that, um, because I think we have so much sexual energy built up and this is what happens. And then when we um, come together with somebody, we either want to completely suppress it or we want to experience it with that person. And mm -hmm. God doesn't intend that to happen until marriage. So my suggestion for couples is to figure out how to channel that kind of energy in other places and through art and experiencing nature, experiencing other things that God has created. Um, there's a way to channel that. <laughs> I'm just thinking like through cold showers <laughs> yeah there you go okay. i can't Running imagine for miles like i'm so like i'm just gonna say a little sidebar i, I hear yeah. what you're saying but i also like as a guy i don't know you're what like, i would do, do that i don't right. know what i would do if i weren't married right now because mm. i would i would for sure be i don't know like i i don't know that there's an outlet for that right mm. and and so I mean, that's, that's why I joke about it, but it's like, yeah. as a, as a guy, I'd be like, I have to go for a five mile run every night just to like, <laughs> like just to get, get some energy out so I can just go home and go to sleep and not succumb to every temptation that, right. you know, would, would come along with being a single guy living alone. Mm -hmm. And so that, that's, that's a challenge. And yeah. I think I it's a different I'll... way to think about it. Um, and a pastor, John Tyson, I actually referenced him previously. He does an amazing sermon series on this topic, or he's done a few sermons on this. So I recommend people just go and listen to some of his references on this, but in other practical ways, okay, there needs to be a lot of accountability. Um, you can't go into the situation admitting that you are the queen or king of boundaries when you haven't been in the past. And I think we have mm. to be honest with that with our partners. So mm. I will be honest here on this podcast it's it it's been an area in the past for me in past relationships that I've struggled in so if I'm in a new relationship I have to tell the person I'm with like hey mm. we have to have a lot of accountability and we have to have really strict boundaries because I don't you know I haven't built up at a really like I have built up a bad or not I should say bad but like um I, I've noticed in myself just a weakness here. So I want to make sure. sure that I'm setting myself up for success. So be honest about that. Don't pretend that you are the king or queen of boundary setting when you haven't been in the past. So bring in a lot of accountability. Be real mm. about that. Um, I think there's other like practical things that we can actually do. Um, you know, little things like, and people say this all the time, but don't set yourself up for areas of temptation. And I, mm. I think that people who are not single, like people who are married or pastors say this all the time and the singles are like, yes, yes, I know. So I just want to reemphasize that as a single, okay, nothing good happens after 11 p.m. at night. Um, so I just really don't yeah. think it does, um, mm. especially mm -hmm. not midnight. So I just say 
make yourself have a curfew. Make make sure that you're texting other people too and having them message you at that time to make sure that you guys aren't still together. I know it sounds silly, but these are the things we have to do to set ourselves up for success. Right. Um, in the past, I've even had like code words with people I've dated, um, truly. And it means like, if there's kissing happening, you say the code word and then you guys, one, one or both foliage. of you have to leave. <laughs> leave immediately. It's foliage. <laughs> Just leave. I won't quote. tell you guys what my, oh yes. I know. Oh my. <laughs> no, it's it's so good. It's so good. Well, I'm glad some things haven't changed so much when no. we were, since oh, we man, were dating. <laughs> I had lots of times when when we you know we'd be like after a football. I played football, and <laughs> we'd have you know we'd play the had the Friday night football game, and then we'd go get, go get food, with, food friends, with friends. And then you drop me off. I drop you off. Yeah. We just hang out like on your couch for like way too, way long, too long, and our parents were way too trusting. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm like running out the door. Yeah. Uh, by God's grace, we never we didn't have sex until our wedding day. But man, we got close. <laughs> we got way too close. Yes. And it's because we I was too, we, I think we were too mature to realize mm -hmm. that we aren't bulletproof and we mm -hmm. weren't we didn't have the self control. Now this is uh you know us at you know nineteen twenty years yeah. old that was eighteen ish around that yeah. time, but all until we were twenty. So I guess that brings up a good point that I and you mm -hmm. sort of alluded to it, and I'd love to talk through this a little bit. But uh, the idea of dating. Uh, in a healthy way within godly community with within church centered community, gospel centered yeah. community. Yeah. Uh, that is something that I think, um, what, what does that look like? I mean, you talk about accountability Yeah. and I know that you had Scott Kudersha on your podcast and we had <laughs> yeah. him on ours and he brought up this term of submarining, right? Where yes. a couple will start dating and then they'll just go like under, under the surface of the water, you know, it's here from them. <laughs> All of a yeah. just gone. So is that, I mean, have you experienced that? And what are the down? What are the pitfalls of that? And and how can a, a young couple who 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 are dating how can they avoid those sorts of pitfalls? Well, the thing about dating is that when you find someone that you really like, so the struggle can be so real and so hard that finally, when you find someone you like, you're like, yes. And the temptation is to fall deep into an infatuation, which I could talk all about infatuation as well. But you know, that is the temptation to fall into an infatuation to kind of isolate on an island. But right. that, nothing good happens from just falling into infatuation or being on an island. And the term submarining, right? I love that. Um, you know, just going <laughs> under the surface and disappearing, and then all of a sudden you. You reappear and you're like, hey guys, we're gonna get married. What do you think? And everyone's like, wait, what? <laughs> what <laughs> who's this guy or who's this girl? Like, I don't even know this person. Um, and so this is the thing. I think that dating and community can be a super amazing thing. It can also be complicated. There's reasons for it to be complicated as well. Yes. But yes. um I do think this is what I recommend for couples. You need to have a board of advisors. Um, and what I mm. recommend is about six to eight people in your life who are people who truly see you. There is such a beauty with being truly seen and truly known and truly understood. Um, and these are the people who can call you out, who you give permission to call you out. Um, these are the people that you come to to confess to when you have messed up and vice versa. They're doing the same with you. These are the people you could also turn to for wise counsel counsel and advice. And usually the board of advisors are um, varying in age. So I have some that are peer to peer. I have some that are older and wiser, but I usually recommend almost for everyone, you have to have about six to eight people. Mm. And the really important part of the board of advisors is that you have to make use of them, right? Because you can't have a mm. board 
eating if you never call a board meeting, right? Oh yeah, I have six day people. Yeah, I have people in my life, but are you actually calling them? Are you actually asking them for wise counsel? I find this a little bit more difficult sometimes for the men who Mm. sometimes end up a a little more private or just have a harder time with vulnerability, but it is so important both in life and especially in relationships to call on the board of advisors frequently in your life. Um, So that is the first, it's so, so, so important. The reason why I say six to eight is those are the people that really know you, really see you, that you can really trust, that um, you can tell the full story to. Now, on Mm. the other hand, obviously, you know, you want to be in community, you want your church community to see you, but you also don't have to tell every single person in your community (laughs) every single detail. Right. The downside of doing that is that sometimes, um, you know, some people get really invested in your relationship and maybe it's actually a relationship that shouldn't be ending in marriage, but because you have so many people invested, people are like, wait, but why? But I love you guys together. (laughs) And those kinds of things can actually Mm. be uh, sometimes harder for you. I've had that personally where you're like, but you guys are so great together, but I love you guys. Uh, When really they don't even know the ins and outs of you two Mm. as individuals, they're kind of just seeing it on the surface. Um, So of course be around others, but you don't have to share every detail with every single person. Um, So be in community, seek wise counsel, at least in the very least have a board of advisors. I love Um, that. I love that. That's incredibly wise because honestly, it doesn't change when you get married. Like you still have to have people that know you as a couple, Mm -hmm. right? And they, they they see you, you're fully known by them. You're, you're understood by, by them. I mean, we have to have those people in our lives as a married couple, because you take your problems, you take your conflicts into marriage with you. Um, Yes. There's this phase of the honeymoon phase of like, Oh, my husband, he's just so great. And then Mm -hmm. that ends. And we all see never ended for you though, right? (laughs) Never ended. (laughs) We all see the reality of each other, right? Because the rose colored glasses have come off. I find myself attractive. And now now we're in in this relationship, this marriage covenant. And we're like, Oh no, how do we do this? You know, and that's where those board of advisors comes in. And I love that. I think that's just right on for sure. So, um, one, oh gosh, I feel like we could just sit here and ask you questions. <laughs> yeah, I could keep forever. going. There's so much and to say on each of these It's just so juicy. Like, just <laughs> hearing all like the dating, like we're just we're so far removed. Because there's our so two many kids. things that happen, you guys. You're in dating community. The other layers are like, okay, well, what if you break up with someone and someone else in your community wants to date them? It's layered. It's complex. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Drama. And there's a lot yes. of things. And so anyway, oh, we don't man. even have to go there. Unless you guys want. There's just a lot that happens with it. Oh, man. Well, I guess I just want to round it out with this last question of, you know, what advice would you give to someone who's trying to discern if their relationship is is heading towards engagement or is Mm -hmm. worth heading towards engagement? So they've been dating a couple months. They're feeling like it's going that way. Um, is there any like red flags that you would say, Hey, maybe if not these, these things, or is there anything that's just like, yep, sort of check these boxes mentally, but not like, you know, sit there and check boxes, you know, kind of thing. This is one of the harder parts, right? Because you finally found someone, you're so excited and you've been dating for a while. So you've been investing a lot of time and energy. But a few things I like to say off the bat is to remember that this is your choice. It's not your mom's choice or your dad's choice or your best friend's choice or your community choice. It is your choice. And you need to make sure that you're not doing things just because you've invested so much time or Mm. because you think um, like, you know, you have a few people encouraging you to do so. Um, You really, really, this is your 
choice. I want to empower people, like make sure you know that this is your choice and you're not forcing a decision. Um, I also say, take mm -hmm. your time. If you really don't know, if you're feeling a lot of concern, there is no rush to make a decision. Uh, right. Marriage is one of the most important decisions we will ever make, right? And you don't want to rush it. Uh, a quote that Gary Thomas says is, would you rather be in a 50-year marriage completely frustrated or a 45-year marriage totally happy? Mm. Um, the answer mm. is obviously, hopefully the latter, that you want, you'd rather wait five years to be in a marriage that you're totally happy in for 45 years than rush and be in a marriage where you're frustrated for 50 years. Mm. So I always encourage couples to just make sure you can take your time. Um, and it's never too late. Uh, even if you've invested a year of time, uh, sometimes people mm. just stay in it because you've emotionally invested so much time and energy. But one year of time mm. is not enough of a reason to just stay with someone for another 40, 50 years. Um, mm. Wow. So it's never too late. Now, when you actually are coming to the discernment area, so uh, there is a few red flags that I highly recommend to, to look at very carefully because oftentimes – you know, we have patterns in our past and I always encourage couples, you know, think about the red flags that you've maybe overlooked in previous relationships and make sure you're being extra careful to pay attention to those this time around. Uh, because there's oftentimes red flags that we are just like prone to missing over and over again. Uh, so right. there's patterns. <laughs> our history says a lot about us. Right. Uh, uh, but here are a few red flags that I would just say for people off the bat. Um, the first is being spiritually distant. Uh, when you're spiritually distant, this is somebody who you're constantly encouraging to go to church. Uh, and mm. I think over time, you can really see this. Yeah. And yeah. we yeah. talked about this on um, my podcast. Uh, yes. But the difference between if someone is just a believer or truly and deeply a follower. And sometimes you can't really tell right away. And I remember you guys use such incredible references of, you know, the fruit of what the person's life is like. But sometimes even the fruit can look good on the outside. But when you squeeze it um, over time, something right. in the contents aren't that great inside. So um, you don't want to be with somebody who is completely spiritually distant at the end of the day. Um, if they aren't talking to you about God, if they're not constantly bringing God up, then there's a big likelihood that God is an important person in their life. Mm. Um, so that's a huge red flag I look for. And when you have the counsel of your board of advisors, these people can speak into those areas. So definitely trust those people uh, to help you guide, help guide you, especially in these areas with red flags. Um, another big red flag is just a lack of teachability. I ultimately oh, yes. say you guys that um, I honestly think teachability yeah. is the prerequisite to dating. It's That's to so me like good. the number one thing because I don't even think we could truly be followers of Jesus if we're not teachable to his ways. Uh, so That's if actually, person... I, I want to jump in because that yeah. was when we were dating. That was one of the things that Selena, that's like probably one of the top five words I heard you use when you were dating mm -hmm. is that you wanted to be teachable. And you, in other words, you wanted to listen. And you're talking about, I'm, I'm looking at my wife right now, looking at you. <laughs> you were talking about uh, learning God's word, listening to different pastors and mentors. But man, that that is so true even today, because today, if, you're like not, if you're not going to listen to somebody or listen to counsel in your life, that's an indication that there's a huge amount of pride there. And there's a, a sense that you don't actually, there's not a, there's a lack of respect for another person. You don't respect someone enough to speak into your life in a meaningful way. Yeah. Right. And yeah. you're not going to give them. And so they have no, they have no real 
a say mm -hmm. in your life. And that yeah. can create lots of frustration in, in marriage down the line, even with friendships, it creates yeah. frustration. Yeah. But anyway, I thank you for saying that because that's such a that's huge, huge. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. It shows that you, you aren't very humble, right? You're not really teachable at meaning you're not very humble to admit when you're wrong. You're not willing to learn mm. and grow. And we, ha I mean, the pro Proverbs is all about wisdom, right? There's so yeah. many parts of the Proverbs that are about wisdom and that it's a prized possession. We should be constantly seeking wisdom at all costs. Um, yeah. and knowledge to turn into wisdom. And so that is what we need to be doing within dating as well. Um, so when someone comes to me and they're like, oh, I, I, you know, dating is cool, but I don't need to like learn how to be a better dater. I'm like, oh, no, 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 that's not good. <laughs> no, this is not the right attitude. <laughs> it's not an A plus B plus C equation, right. you know, right. it's nuanced and you're learning intricately about another person. And there's a lot of humbling that has to happen. There's a lot of serving that has to happen. You have to be willing to learn and grow. Um, so good. And just in communication alone, I mean, yes. communication <laughs> is a huge reason people get divorced. It's one of the top two reasons, finances, communication. And so if you can't communicate, you got to be willing to be teachable because you're learning someone else's communication style. <laughs> so good. Alone speak differently. You know? It's so good. Everything you're saying, the whole like teachability thing, I'm like, mm -hmm. this is just the foundation. All these things, humility, service, selflessness, mm -hmm. these are all things that marriage requires yes. in yes. big, big amounts. Right. And yeah. so if you can't seem to give those and start w working on those and um, doing that within your dating relationship, then, you know, <laughs> it'll marriage may even, not be, you may not be ready quite yet. Yes. Well, it, it'll magnify <laughs> and it'll, amplify yes, the yes. longer you're married. Those, yes. those, those flaws, yes. they will continue yeah. to haunt you. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, man, man. I feel like we could just talk for days. Yeah. Just... I have all kinds of questions I want to ask you, Kate. <laughs> things like, cause I know when we talked on your podcast, you said you had a lot of really funny, like dating stories. Yes. <laughs> so just for, just for yeah, entertainment. You should end it with a good it with, dating what's story. A, sure, one, one funny dating story or one that you're, okay, well, one, willing I'll, to share I'll do one to two but one I just want to bring up because it's on the point of red flags that I just think is funny okay why they're so important is that I was dating someone at one point I won't say when because I don't want the person to know um but I did end up asking <laughs> yeah. them I started seeing that there was a hesitation to serve and I was like this is interesting I wonder if this is a pattern in this person's life so I ended up asking the person straight up hey what do you think that sacrificial looks love looks mm. like um what do you think being selfish <laughs> and sacrificial looks like nice in relation <laughs> And he was like, well, I think that it's spending quality time. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> all right. And I thought about it for a second. And I said, you know, what's interesting about that is I understand your time is precious and you're spending time with me. So, you know, that's, I guess, a sacrifice because your time is precious. But I honestly think that quality time is necessary for a relationship to build. So I don't really think that's being super sacrificial. Yeah, it's just part of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I just try to say it gently and kindly. And I was like, so what else do you think? And he was like, actually, I've never thought about it. <laughs> you know what you guys it ended and we're it's totally fine but see this is where you gotta find about it after the red that. flag oh no he has he's, he's followed up you with me on better it than when you found it there you go, <laughs> there yes, go. go you. Um, but okay the last final thing just funny story is that my mom is always trying to set me up so this is just the final funny thing <laughs> 
did, right? Oh my goodness. And so a few years ago, I, this is just so funny. My, a few years ago, I felt like I was in a desert dating wasteland and I went to visit my mom in Texas and she had just moved to a ranch in the middle of nowhere of Texas. They didn't even have Wi-Fi, And she was like, we're going to go to dinner. And so we went to dinner and she was convinced it was a Friday night that we were going to go meet the fine young men in this town, the small town. Just a nightly so town. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we went to dinner. And after dinner at this Tex-Mex place, she asked the guy, she was like, excuse me, sir, where do all of the young men hang out in this town? And I was like, oh, my word. And the guy looked at her and she was like, well, well, ma'am, um, you know, I think that all the young men down here in Texas on Friday night, we hang out at Applebee's. So I would just go on over to Applebee's and that's where all the young men are on a Friday night. And I was like. Oh, oh man! My gosh! Is just this, Friday night lights over here. Is this what is happening in my life right now? Am I going to find my person oh at Applebee's? And I was like, I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. But you know, it's just like really. Oh my goodness! Oh, Kate, you're so just bless you. I'm A just like yes, thank yes. you for sharing oh, your stories because those are just we just all need to hear that a little bit. So. I think we're, unfortunately we're out of time, but I want to yeah. give you a chance. So where obviously you have a lot of wisdom. Uh, we, yes. What I love about right. listening to you talk is clearly you have God's <laughs> word at the center of mm-hmm. all of your thinking mm-hmm. and writing and studying and, and teaching around this area. And you're really bringing a lot of clarity to an area that doesn't have a lot. It's, yeah. People tend to avoid it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I really appreciate and, you and what you're doing. And thank you for doing what you're doing. But um, people who are looking for more of these resources, we don't want to we, we don't want to leave them hanging. Where can they find? Uh, obviously, you have your podcast. It's the it's the heart yeah. of dating. Which yeah, of after hearing you talk, I think it should be called the art of dating because I feel like it's like <laughs> navigating these waters. Maybe that's well, it's like a, she's an intentional a big pun. A. Like, yeah, yeah. There okay, you go. so it was intentional, probably. Yes. Yeah. So there's that, but what else? What, so t- tell tell us what you got. What? How can people uh, connect with connect you. with you? Thank yeah. you. Um, so I have two Instagram accounts, not to make it complicated, but if you want to <laughs> connect with me personally, I share a bit of my life, my personality, encouraging things. It's Kateness. Not to be confused with Katniss of the Hunger Games, but um, it's spelled K-A-I-T-N-E-S-S. I love connecting with people and just love community over there. Heart of Dating is at Heart of Dating on Instagram. Um, you can come and join our private Facebook community. Actually, it's a lot of fun. We have people having conversations and we have community of people that just, you know, we all are there to inspire one another and help each other along. So that's a really fun community. Um, you know, I also do relationship coaching for people who really want just one-on-one time with me and will walk through. I walk through, uh, you know, really a vision for what you want and desire in singleness and dating. Uh, too often, we don't have a true vision for what we really desire in life. And we don't actually write it down. So I usually challenge my coaching clients that we need to come up with a vision for what you want to do in your dating and single life. Um, And once you have that vision, you can work towards it. Uh, But otherwise, if we don't have the vision in mind, we're just kind of going in blind. Uh, So I love coaching people and coming alongside people. And a few times a year, I run a dating course called the Date Great Course. And they anybody can find uh, the information on that on heartofdating.com. You can join the wait list and I'll let you know when <laughs> it's live. <laughs> wow. Nice. So you got you got everybody covered. So you're doing the work and people can benefit from your hard work. So that's Love that's it. awesome. Love it. Man, this has been a joy talking to you. Thank you so oh, much, man. Kate, for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you're single mm-hmm. and you're just like working and making, making waves for the kingdom. So <laughs> it's like we were able to steal you away. 
away yes. from your active, busy, busy single life. <laughs> oh, you know what? This um, is cultivating holy ambition, you guys. We are yes. out there and we are doing things for the kingdom. So thank you guys for just using your marriage. This is such a beautiful, I mean, I think everybody dating needs to be listening to your podcast too, be mm. sharpening our tools and learning, like talking about the board. I mean, whether or not people know you guys personally, listening to your podcast and learning from you guys is an excellent, excellent tool for, for people who are single. So just thank you guys for blessing us for the oh, married people and singles. <laughs> I appreciate it so much. <laughs> oh, we're so, we're just glad to be in partnership with you, Kate. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, we'll just get everybody connected to you and your resources. And thank you again for being on the Fierce Marriage yeah, Podcast. Yeah, take care. Thanks, guys. All right, friends, we hope you enjoyed this conversation with Kate Mormon, the founder and host of the Heart of Dating podcast. You can find her by searching for Heart of Dating on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use, or you can also go to heartofdating.com and find her other resources available for you. Anyway, we hope this episode has blessed you, and we will see you in a few days. Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.